SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Warning. The following program contains shocking content that may give you a better or worse than pessimistic hope on anything you like, especially when it comes to your love of sports, entertainment, and even your own morning culinary experiences. Viewer and listener discretion is advised. No tailgating before a college football game. Wow. How decimated is that college football experience going to be? You call these bagels? It's Bagels and Bad Beats with Scott Wetzel. Welcome to Bagels and Bad Beats Thursday, August 20th, uh, 20th edition of the uh, Scott Wetzel Bagels and Bad Beats show. Yours truly sitting in the next two glorious hours, taking your phone calls as we always do. 844-843-6879. Again, toll free, 844-843-6879. You want to follow me on Twitter, send the tweet. It is at Opposite Picks. That's O-P-P-O-S-I-T-E. Picks, P-I-C-K-S. Email me. Go to the website, OppositePicks.com. Hit the contact, Scott Icon, and fire away. Emails, tweets, phone calls, little YouTube chat right here on the Bagels and Bad Beats with Scott Wetzel for Thursday, August 20th, seven minutes past the hour, taking you right up until 7 a.m. Eastern time. This is why they call me Mr. Vegas. Bruins win the battle and the war. 76ers, though, lose the battle, but perhaps are winning the war. Uh, Get out of the lane if you can't keep up. Sit down and shut up, Big Ten tells parents. Joke's on the Jets. Uh, I haven't used that word in years. Uh, are these reporters idiots? Can one email, uh, can I email this uh, story to the University of New Haven, please? Uh, Oscars for De La Hoya. And if he's number five, I sure would like to know one through four. We'll get to all those stories again, plus your phone calls, emails, and tweets right here. Bagels and Bad Beats for a Thursday, uh, August 20th, coming up again, eight minutes past the hour. Uh, what's up, my friends? How is this Thursday morning going for you? Perhaps a little late Wednesday, depending on where you're listening to to us. So maybe over in Hawaii, where it's still officially Wednesday. I think that they're behind us. Yeah, yeah. So, um, but it's going to be a good day. I guess I just get a sense it's going to be a good day. Uh, our beloved Boston Bruins won last night or yesterday afternoon, technically. Beat Carolina. They advance. Red Sox snap a, a nine-game losing streak. Celtics win. I mean, if you're a Boston fan, you got to be pretty happy. 76ers take a two-nothing. Uh, uh, our Celtics take a two-nothing series lead over the 76ers. Uh, we got some teams advancing in the uh, NHL, and uh, we got some crazy stuff going on in baseball and some uh, Dallas Maverick talk. How about that? As they beat the last night, 127-114. Luke did it again. Who told you the Mavs were live dogs? Talk about that crazy thing for that piece. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Boban, before we let you go, I got to hear it. You rang. (laughs) You rang. Yeah. (laughs) 
I, I love, love you, Boban. <laughs> <laughs> I love you, Boban. Thank you, brother. Yeah. <laughs> oh, thank, thank you, sir. Choose me and not Luca. First time. You're right. <laughs> we appreciate you. Uh, <laughs>this Thursday morning, 12 minutes past the hour. Here's Julie Scott Wetzel sitting in, taking you right up until 7 a.m. Eastern time. Those are the guys over on TNT. I tell you, I've been watching sports for, uh, you know, 40-plus years. Nobody has more fun than those guys. Whether you can understand what Shaq is really saying, whether Barkley screws up names and really doesn't pay attention, whether Kenny Smith really wants to be GM of the New York Knicks, uh, you know, poor Eddie, John, Eddie is, is just, you know, trying to manipulate this thing so it makes it work. Uh, Johnson and, and uh, but you know what? They have a lot of fun. They do, and it's good TV. It's one of the few that, and I'm not a Barkley guy. I think he's a bozo uh, for all of that. He's, he's a complete hypocrite. Uh, and Shaq is is a little goofy, but he doesn't. Shaq is just Shaq. You know, Shaq. It's like like Barkley would be there if he was a good player or not. Kenny Smith would be there. He's by far the best as far as breaking it all down, whether he was a good player or not. Shaq's only there because he was Shaq. You know, if Shaq was uh, Bobanovich, as they're making fun of. For being the goofy Mr. Lurch. If you remember Lurch with Adam's family, he was the butler. Uh, and, and I guess uh, uh, Johan or Boban or whatever the fudge's name is, uh, Boban, uh, you know, did a little a bit pretending to be Lurch, which really didn't take a whole lot of out of character for him because he's got that, you know, look. So, but, you know, Shaq is the only one that is like, okay, it, it's Shaq. So no matter what he says or does, even though he adds absolutely nothing, even though he's a, he's a sensitive baby on TV, and he's always throwing his rings at everyone else's faces. Uh, we we got to have him on because he's Shaq. You know, it, it's just, it's kind of like uh, uh, Deion Sanders, who, again, I have no beef with him. Great player. Uh, I would take him on my team in a heartbeat. So this is no you know angst. It's just he's awful on TV. He has absolutely nothing. If Deion Sanders wasn't Deion Sanders, we're not taking Deion. You know, Barstool Sports is not paying Deion Sanders a gazillion dollars because he's a great analyst. Uh, and he's going to break down all the X's and O's. It's because of Deion. Just, Deion, just don't swear. Don't say the F word, please. No F-bombs or N-bombs. Uh, don't be Tom Brenneman, and you'll be okay. Uh, so that's the same thing with Shaq. But those guys have a great time, so it's a good listen. So that's the big story last night. Dallas did it. They beat the Clippers 127-114. They led from basically start to finish by one or two after one, uh, by five or six or so at the half. They pulled away third quarter, and uh, they were able to maintain that lead. They win by 13. And, you know, when you think about this, you know, first off, who gave you Dallas as a live dog? Thank you very much. Was it, uh, you know, the local Louis lift down the street? No. Was it the Scanning Capper? You're paying, you know, $100 a week for picks? No. It was yours truly. I told you this Mavericks team was a live team. I told you. Not only did I say they were a live team, because maybe a lot of people said that, Scott. You know, we all know. I told you, and I'm sticking to my guns. I told you Dallas was going to knock off the Clippers. So it's 1-1. And think about this. Not only is it 1-1. But if you take away that game one opening 18-5 start by the Clippers, they've been outscored 232 to 214. They've been outscored by almost 20 points the rest of the way. That's not a fluke. You know, you could win a game. You could have a Donovan Mitchell type of game in game one, which they obviously lost, but they ended up winning, you know, game two. But you could have a great performance out of one guy and steal the game no matter how good or bad your team is in the postseason. That stuff happens. But when you dominate a team like Dallas has really done for two games now with one of those games, the first one, without their second best player, 
without one of those games, the first one, Doncic losing, you know, about uh, five to ten minutes worth of playing time because he twisted his ankle. And you still really are in a position to win that game. And then you beat that same team the next time out, really from start to finish. That's not a fluke. And that, that's why I love with FanDuel, one of the best plays we gave you was you could have gotten Dallas plus two and a half games at basically even money. That that was that line was wrong. To think Dallas is not going to win two of these games, boy, or at least one, where now you're in a position to hedge. Now, right now, if you have that bet right now, let's just say for a hundred hours to keep it simplistic, you know, you can now bet a hundred hours on the money line to win whatever on the Clippers. I'm guessing game three. This is when it gets interesting with the boys in Vegas as far as the Lions because there's no home court advantage. So Clippers were a five-and-a-half to six-and-a-half point favorite last night as they were in game one. What will they be in game three? They lost uh, game two, and there's no home court switch. There's no anything to change. So, I mean, theoretically, outside of Dallas playing well for two games, winning one, not covering either, you know the first game, though, uh, I would think, depending on when you got your line, I, I, I would think it would be right around four and a half, five still, right? I mean, that's what it should be. Had this series gone to Dallas, though, they would be down to pick them. So you're still probably going to have to lay some wood. I'll double check before we're through this morning. I'm, I'm guessing by the end of our show, the lines will be up for games number three and four, or at least three, obviously. So you can start hedging now. If you're sitting on that plus two and a half game bet, because what that means is, if this game goes six and, and the Clippers win four games to two, well, you're just, you're sitting there holding two and a half games. You won your bet on Dallas. So now as long as the Dallas Mavericks win one more game the rest of the way, you're winning that bet. That's why you can, if you want to, bet the Clippers on the money line. Uh, lay 100 to win probably, they'll, they'll probably be about a two and a half or so to one favorite. So you, you, you'll probably win about the 40 bucks, but, you know, that's actually not too bad. And then if the Clippers actually lost again well you'd win the hundred dollars and then you'd you know win the uh uh bet the other way so that's that's called hedging so anyway but bottom line is dallas has really not been outplayed this series they really and i'll tell you the clippers are lucky they're, they're it's only one one yeah out, outscored 20 points basically 18 points the rest of the way luca last night uh 28 points the, the one one little thing he does definitely need to work on no two ways about it is his uh foul problems uh, they, they, the officials don't give him any breaks whatsoever. None. I'm not sure why. You know, Adam Silver's going to call up those officials and say, "Hey, listen, this is going to be our new face of the franchise. Forget about Zion. Forget about John Morant. I mean, this Dallas Mavericks team. Wetzel was right again. Those five dastardly words. You know, he, he's going. Adam Silver's going to have to utter. Wetzel was right again. Damn. Uh, we got to keep this guy in these games, guys. All right. Do, do me a favor. You know, it's late enough as it is. People are tuning out the NBA like it's going out of style and nothing for nothing. But we have a guy who's a fresh face on a team that's very popular. They got a big mouth owner, uh, another good player in Porzingis. This is not a team that's going to be a 500 team. Let, let's start elevate. Let's start looking the other way on these fouls. Will you please? So, and he played better than Kawhi. You know, the one interesting thing about Kawhi, now he had 35 points last night, but Leonard is one of the rare, rare, rare guys who's known for defense, you know? You think of Kawhi Leonard, you think of the NBA championship he won with San Antonio and Toronto, and what do you think of? At least I do. Um, you think of him stopping LeBron James. He, he's the guy that, that you know curtailed LeBron and allowed his teams to win. So he he's not doing – you know what? He better get on Luka. I don't know if he can guard him. I don't know if he's tall enough. He should be able to, right? But not didn't work last night. 28 points. Kawhi at 35. Paul George only 14 on 4 of 17 shooting. No Patrick Beverly for the Clips. He's out with a calf injury. So despite, though, the Luka being in foul trouble, the Dallas bench came up big, and they win a 127-114. And I told you, 
I told you, and I would not lay off them. I, I think that this is going to be a struggle, and I really do. I think Dallas is going to knock them off. I know they beat them three times in a regular season, but nobody cares. So good job by the Mavs. That's a serious thing about this. I know it's only early, but the Clippers, Lakers, and Bucks, your numbers one seeds and your one number two seed in the West are combined one and three. One and three. Now, I fully expect the Bucks to win today. I really expect the Lakers to win today. And uh, who knows what's going to happen with the Clippers. But your top three teams, you know, if you had a pecking order, NBA, Adam Silver, who are the top three teams? If I can give you these three teams and everybody else, who are the top three? It is a consensus, Lakers, Clippers, Bucks, no two ways about it. And yet those teams are one and three. Could you imagine Dallas knocking off the Clippers, Portland knocking off the Lakers, and Orlando finishing off the Bucks? Oh, my goodness. Adam Silver would think he's gone to hell and back. I mean, you talk about know-nothing and the marketing machine being put into overdrive that they would have to come up with some angle. That would be disastrous, just disastrous. Boston beat the 76ers, Joel Embiid 34, but here's Joel Embiid in a nutshell. 34 points lead Philadelphia, great game, right? Can't blame him. Well, when he was on the court, the 76ers were a minus 21. Minus 21. Utah crushed Denver to even that series at one, and Toronto beat up Brooklyn. That beat up, they won by five. Uh, That's turned the ball over in the final seconds where they could have tied the game. Gave me the Nets, gave me nothing but winners yesterday for the most part. Four goals coming up next, right here, Vegas Matthews. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Try my disgusting bagel. Now, back to bagels and bad beats with Scott Wetzel. Incredible basketball that that young man has in him. What a loss he's been for Philly as Tatum continues his exploits. TNT NBA with the call here on Bagels the Bad Beats. That is right as Boston beats Philadelphia 128 to 101. Uh, Jason Tatum, 30-plus points. Uh, Celtics had uh, four or five players in double figures. Uh, really led this one from start to finish. Very disappointed performance out of Philadelphia. Boy, they did not come to play last night or yesterday afternoon. Slash last night. Uh, that, that, that was an awful game. You, you can't, you know, the line lowered. I'll tell you how much of a shock that was. 76ers lose game one as five-and-a-half, six-and-a-point favorites, or underdogs, rather. They were only four-and-a-half-point dog last night. So that means the boys in Vegas and everyone else expected the 76ers to play much, 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 much better in game two. Played fairly well in game one, had a chance to win, but they did. They just laid an egg and beat again. 34 points sounds good, but they were minus 21. And I do buy into the plus minus rating when it comes to the NBA. Maybe even more so. It's generally regarded as a hockey stat, but uh, maybe even more so in, in the NBA than the NHL, where, you know, listen, if you're a forward and uh, you're not really supposed to have any defensive responsibilities and the defense gives up a goal, why is that your fault? But when you're the center, in an NBA team that likes to pride itself on defense, and you're minus 21, that means the 76ers were outscored by 21 points when he was on the court. That is brutal. That is absolutely brutal. 
So was Brooklyn yesterday afternoon. We gave you the Nets, though. I tell you, one of the best, you know, we talk a lot of gambling here, hence Bagels and Bad Beats. I One of the best trends I have followed over the years, and it's been a long time, when you get a team that was a heavy, heavy underdog, like Brooklyn was heading into that series, and they get blown out like Brooklyn was in game one of that series. I'm telling you, more times than not, that team maybe doesn't win outright in game two, but they are always in the game. That, to me, I don't have the numbers. It would be difficult to, you know, to really figure out. I probably wouldn't. You just look at all seven, two, eight, one matchups and then see if uh, there was a double-digit dog there. Uh, it might not be that difficult to find, but I'm telling you, when that occurs, that underdog team plays 10 times better and covers, I bet, legitimately four out of every five games, 80% of the time, the next time out. They just do. It's, it's, it's just a natural biorhythm. You know, the team that was supposed to win one big in game one, there's, a, there's an emotional letdown. They showed the world they're the better team. You know, Brooklyn, in this case, they suck. You know, we're going to beat them again. They poo-poo at game number two. And uh, Brooklyn, in this case, you know, takes some pride. They're prideful guys. They go into that locker room after game one, getting trashed as they did, and say, we're better than this. I'll tell you, it's one of the all-time quietest, under-the-radar betting trends. And you saw it a little bit with Utah. And I didn't like Utah yesterday because they're not that big of a heavy underdog. But then you throw the Conley equation into that, and then you think, okay, they are a little bit bigger underdog than we're perceiving them to be. Um, and, and they lost so badly in game one, not because of a blowout like Brooklyn, but just because of the way that they blew the game late in regulation. So they were kind of a play like that. But, um, you know, Utah does beat Denver 124-105. Not great basketball yesterday. Utah was winning that one from start to finish. Boston was beating Philadelphia from start to finish. Uh, Dallas was good. They were winning from start to finish. So we could deal with that just because that's a surprise. You know, Toronto and Brooklyn, the game that they buried at 1.30 in the afternoon, turned out to be the best game as the Nets had a chance, great chance, just a great chance to win that game. They, they were leading the whole way. Uh, Toronto, as you knew they probably would, turned it on in the fourth quarter. They took a lead, went up by as many as seven or eight. There was a point there where you're thinking to yourself, man, we're not even going to get the cover, uh, getting 11 and a half, never mind win the game outright. But Brooklyn, to their credit, didn't die, uh, hit a couple of threes down the stretch, and they actually had the ball down three with about 20 seconds left, and they turned the ball over. Couldn't even get basically a shot off or inbounds. They were fiddled. They got it inbounds, but then the guy got lost control of the basketball, rolled near half court. Toronto picked it up, went in for a slam dunk, uh, and that was that. Just, just wow, that's, that's a tough loss. That is a tough loss to overcome. So Toronto takes a 2-0 series lead. Celtics 2-zip. Dallas Clips, Utah, Denver, uh, those respective series tied at 1. NHL last night, in case you missed it, Vancouver did beat St. Louis 4-3, so the Canucks take a 3-2 series lead. Colorado finished off Arizona last night 7-1, back-to-back seven-goal uh, seven games for the Avalanche. Only 16-time in NHL playoff history has that been done. Well, how, how bad did do uh, Colorado uh, win this series? They dominated. They won it 22-8 in goals scored. And that's a big difference in the NHL. You know, and Listen, we didn't win a series by five. You're going to outscore them, but, but outscore a team by 14 goals. Arizona was completely, just completely outmatched. And uh, Tampa Bay beat Columbus 5-4 uh, in overtime. So the Buccaneers, uh, Devil Dogs slash uh, Devil Rays, so, you know, you name it, uh, Lightning uh, actually win that series in five. Jackets blow a 4-2 third period lead. They outshot Tampa Bay 41-25. They should have won that game. Braden Point, remember, he was the one that scored the game winner. In uh, fifth overtime, uh, he was the one that scored it last night in, in overtime. So um, 
Tampa Bay wins 5-4, and then Boston beat Carolina 2-1. They'll take uh, that series in five. So NHL is going to form for the most part. Colorado in five, Tampa Bay in five, Boston in five, Vegas uh, two nights ago in five. What's interesting about this is, even if you're not a hockey fan, is I, I, I find these things a little quirky. I, I, I do. They had a handshake line. So they do that all the time. I understand that. And for in virus or no virus, I think the NHL after a playoff series handshake line is one of the dumbest things in the history of sports. If you want to do it after a seven-game NHL Stanley Cup final, okay. Even that I don't like because that's really just interrupting the celebration. But to have a handshake line in 2020 when we're doing everything humanly possible to prevent to uh, to prevent the coronavirus from spreading is just laughable. I mean, didn't somebody did not somebody come up with like, hey, listen, we're living in a bubble here. All right, we're either in Edmonton, we're in Toronto, we, we can't leave. We you know we can't go outside for a restaurant, we can't go to bars, we can't have family members coming in. We got to be quarantined if we do leave. I mean, we're doing everything humanly possible to avoid contact with people, and here we are having a handshake line of a first round series that ended up in five anyway. Colorado, Arizona, I'm talking about. That wasn't even really competitive. I mean, there's there's no reason for these guys to be shaking hands. There just isn't anyway. I think it's dumb. Well, what is the point? You try and beat the snot out of each other for four, five, six, seven games. You're beating each other up. You're giving each other cheap shots. You're yelling and screaming at each other. You're getting in scrums. You're putting your uh, fist and glove in the guy's face all the time. Cheap little shots that they do in the NHL. And then at the end of the series, you're all going to shake hands and pretend that you're all hunky-dory and you're all favorites and you love each other. It doesn't make any sense. I'm waiting. I'm really, I am absolutely waiting. I don't think it's ever happened to my amazement, but I'm waiting for a brawl to break out during one of these handshake lines. I know it's tradition, and I know the NHL player has more knowledge uh, about tradition than any other player in any other sport. No two ways about it, but I'm just waiting for some tough, rough six, seven game series where it's a bunch of cheap shots and maybe one of the guys gets hurt. I'm waiting for a brawl to break out. And what would they do? What honestly would they do? You have 25 players aside. You have some uh, coaches that are out there. They're not going to stop it. The officials, I don't notice the officials, to tell you the truth. I'm assuming they're still on the ice, but they might not be. You know, generally officials are told once the game ends, you're off. Your, your, your day is done. They have a brawl at the end. That's it. That, that's on them. So who would stop a handshake brawl? I mean, nobody. they would be beating the crap out of each other. It would be like the Hanson brothers and Slapshot all over again. I mean, it would be like, you know, hide the, you know, Mike Milbury with his shoe, Ranger fans. You'd be in trouble. You would be in serious trouble, and they're asking for trouble. But that said, in 2020, when they're doing everything possible to prevent people from touching hands and everything else, they're going to have a dopey handshake line. Uh, it's just crazy. It, it really is. So Bruins beat Carolina 2-1. to one. They win that series. How bad is Boston liking uh, playing Carolina in the postseason? Bruins are now 14-2 against the Hurricanes. Their last 16 games, regular season, postseason. 14-2. Wow. Baseball last night, big story. Yeah, not big, but the big, one of the bigger stories. Uh, San Diego beats Texas. Boy, you talk about a turn of, uh, you know, how uh, baseball's a little bit upside down. San Diego is becoming like the team in Major League Baseball. Not the Yanks, not the Astros. Not the Dodgers or Red Sox or Phillies. The San Diego stinking fathers are becoming the story of Major League Baseball. Fernando Tati, first up, hit home run number 12. So I'm waiting for that poor guy to get beamed, which he should not. And then Manny Machado in the uh, bottom of the 10th inning hits a uh, grand slam 
So they beat the Texas six to three. Uh, top of the 10th, actually. So you know, the fifth team to have a grand slam are the fathers in three straight games. The last team to do it, the 06 Chicago White Sox. But Machado uh, hits his 11th career grand slam. Lou Gehrig holds the all-time record. I, I want to say it's 20. Uh, I was just going to say 23, but now I'm thinking it might be 17. I'll, I'll double check. But I know it's Gehrig with the all-time grand slam record. I mean, th- this guy's, you know, he's going to, at this rate, 11 grand slams. And, you know, he's, what, 25, 26, 27 years old, whatever Machado is. So. San Diego wins it. Tati does it again. Cool for, for the Padres and good for Major League Baseball. You know what? They need a new face. Even as a Red Sox fan, you get kind of tired of the Red Sox and Stankies being the, and the Dodgers being the face of Major League Baseball and the Astros in particular as well. Speaking of the Astros, they beat up Colorado 13-6. Kyle Tucker, who the fudge is that? Hit a home run, two triples. Uh, Dave Roberts gets ejected. Um, bad officiating around Major League Baseball. Austin Nola with a three-run homer, four RBIs, lifting Seattle over the Dodgers late last night, uh, four to two. And how about the Devil Dogs? But well, Tampa Bay beat the Stankies. Gary Cole didn't get the loss, but he did pitch last night for the Stanks with that decimated lineup, and uh, they lose to Tampa Bay for the second straight night. This time, four to two. You know the Devil Dogs are only two uh, half a game back of the Stanks in the AL East. I'm telling you, you could still get halfway decent value on Tampa Bay to win it all. I don't think they will, but they got some young players that no one knows, including myself, and they got a decent pitching staff. Uh, They got a a terrific young manager. Uh, They're lying in the weeds there. No one takes them seriously for whatever reason, even though they made the playoffs last year. Still not a bad team to get some decent value to win it all. So, my phone call's coming up next, and we'll get into the Tom Brenneman stuff as well. That's right here. I'm thinking that. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Try my disgusting bagel. Yeah, back to bagels and bad beats with Scott Wetzel. Machado to deep left field. It is high, deep, and it is a grand slam to walk it off. Manny Machado is tonight's Padres hero. Padres Radio Network with the call. Out of Bagels and Bad Beats, 40 minutes past the hour. Hour number one of our two-hour extravaganza as Machado gives the uh, Padres the 6-3 win over the uh, Texas Rangers, the walk-off home run. 844-843-6879. Again, 844-843-6879. Let me get into the Tom Brenneman thing real quickly here before we uh, we take a couple of calls. I appreciate you guys holding on. Listen, if I had a dollar for every time someone told me, Scott, your job is great. Boy, I could do that. You know, It's the easiest thing in the world. You're so lucky, blah, 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 blah. I'd be a rich, 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 rich man. And I always tell them this. I said, you know what? You're right in a lot of ways. It's a great job, obviously. It's it's fun and everything else. And you probably could do the job for a day. Probably could do the job for a week. Might even be able to do the job for about a month or so. And then it'll, somewhere along the line, it'll kick in like, well, I got nothing else to say. You know, there's nothing going on. 
I don't want to do this job in uh, June and July and August when I'm talking preseason football and training camp. Oh, good gravy. It's like watching grass grow. Uh, you know, I'll do it in September, October, November, December into Super Bowl time when the phones are you know lit up and then, uh, you know, Billy from Topeka, Kansas can get nine deep. Hell, the guys over the three-letter network might even be able to get nine deep, you know, during football season. <clears throat> Let it go. Um, so, yeah, those times – it's easy. But when you're under the scrutiny of being responsible for what you say 24-7, one, two, three hours, in, in my case, when I was over the three-letter network, four hours a day, it's a little tougher than what you think. Is the job talking sports difficult? No, of course not. If you have a personality, and a lot of guys don't, uh, you know, you, you talk sports and you bring things up, and that's part of your responsibility even when there's nothing going on to, to bring something up that people want to talk about. And But when you're under the scrutiny of if you say the versus but for two, three, four hours, it, that's when you get to realize how difficult it is or it could be. You know, Brenneman last night, I'm not excusing what he said. If you don't know, Reds and Royals in between a doubleheader, they go to commercial break. They come back. He apparently doesn't realize it. They're talking about Kansas City. And he said that's one of the biggest F bases in America. Uh, sounds like hag, but there's an F in front of it. So you have a you know, pretty good idea what he said, right, about Kansas City. There's a pause there. Then he welcomes himself back, which is kind of ironic just because he's got this great, Deep voice. I mean, his voice is as good as my looks. You know, if we could ever match up, <clears throat> you know, we'd be perfect. So he he goes into the broadcast voice after he calls Kansas City one of the biggest F towns in America. It is kind of like weird when you hear that dynamic. So later on, I guess someone tells him, you know, hey, listen, Tom, you know what? Uh, you effed up, brother. Uh, we were on the air. Sorry. You know, I didn't tell you. I, I should have told you. Producer's responsible for letting you know you're on the air. He didn't realize he was on the air when he threw out the uh, three-letter F-bomb. So then in the second broadcast, once the game got underway, in the fifth inning, he did address it. Here it is, which is kind of interesting because you'll hear some guy hit a home run in the middle of his apology. But here's Tom Brenneman's apology. Pride myself and think of myself as a, a man of faith. As there's a drive in a deep left field by Castellanos, it will be a home run. And so that'll make it a 4 nothing ball game. I don't know if I'm going to be putting on this headset again. I don't know if it's going to be for the Reds. I don't know if it's going to be for my bosses at Fox. I want to apologize. So. All right. I think that's it. So, so there you go. Um, listen, I feel bad for the guy. I, I do. Just from me being a broadcaster. Just from me knowing the scrutiny. We've all said some things that, that later on you're like, oh, my God. You know, we all have slips. You know, you, you say uh, instead of saying flag, you say this. Instead of saying huck, you say this. You know, I, you know the examples. We've all done that, you know, and, and you hope to God. Oh, my God. Hopefully no one was listening to please because I, I, I'll give you an example with me. You know, I, I'm, I'm bringing it up. We've been doing this show for two and a half months. I can't say one of my favorite sayings because someone in Topeka, Kansas complained. You know, and it's 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 a word 
you know, I you know, I I can't say midget on the air. I'm like a mid. What, what's wrong with midget? Well, nothing really. Well, why can't I say it? Well, because someone complained. Well, what they complain a midget? It's a simple word, midget. It's, it's not, you know, can't say it, Scott. Don't say midget on the air, please, please. All right, I won't say midget on the air. So that that's the level of scrutiny you're under. Some guy from Topeka, Kansas, can say, don't say a simple word that's used every single day, and you can't use it, otherwise you're going to get in trouble. So I won't say midget anymore. So with Brenneman, though, you know, you can't say, well, it's only midget, or it's, it was a slip of the tongue, or it was a slip of the disc, or, you know, it was, it's an expression I didn't realize. Like, you know, I didn't realize, uh, you know, everyone matters. You know, I didn't realize that was something negative. To the, to the left-wing cause. You know, this is a word that we we haven't used those words in a long time, right? There was a point when that word, the F word, three-letter left word, you know, back in the 70s, 80s, was, was perfectly acceptable. Um, it was derogative, don't get me wrong. We all knew that. But it was a different day and time. 2020, you, you can't, you know, you can't use that word. You shouldn't use that word. It's, it's a derogative, nasty, ugly word. It really is. So this can't be, this wasn't a slip of the tongue. This wasn't a loose moment. This wasn't, uh, oops, I, I meant to say this and I said that. This was Tom Brenneman, and I don't know him. I'm sure I've spoken to him, you know, doing interviews over the years, in 30 years in broadcasting, somewhere along the line. Seems like a nice enough guy. I don't know. But th this was just, you said it, Tom. I mean, you, you know, to his credit, I suppose, he didn't pretend that he was trying to say something else. Um, I do think it's funny. You know, you hear this all the time when you hear these guys F up like this and they all come back later on and say, well, that's not really me. No, 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 Tom, it is. You know, I mean, no offense. I'm not trying to bash him here. I know no offense, but it is you. You you use that word. If, listen, if you're so comfortable using that word in front of a microphone when you're literally going to be on the air in seconds. Yes, that is you. That That's you. Don't back off from it. You know, that's the word you obviously are comfortable using. So. Apologize for being that person. Don't apologize for saying the word. Apologize for being that person. You are comfortable using that word. I don't use that word. And I'm not trying to profess to be some great noble person here, but I would never use that word. I don't use it anymore. Not for a long, long, long time. Don't use the N-word. We don't use that language in our house. I don't. So, and I'm not, you know, I'm not on the left side of things. You guys know that, LLs, loyal listeners. I'm on the, I'm on the right, but I, I would never use that word. I would never use that word in front of my kids or family. I mean, you, know, you don't know who you're talking to these days. You may, you probably, chances are one of your friends or relatives, whether you know it or not, are, are gay. So you just, you can't, you just can't. So don't sit there. Don't, don't insult us even worse, Tom. All right. That's my message to you. Be a man about it. Fess up as you did and stop the BS. That is you. That's a word you're comfortable using. Tell the world you want to change your ways and your views, but it is obviously, again, you don't use that word in front of an open mic when you're about to go on the air, TV, no less, unless you're comfortable using that word. It wasn't a slip. It wasn't, you know, you're not singing a rap song here. You know, you were saying what you felt about the city of Kansas City. It's as simple as that. Don't try and pretend. Fess up. You know, if we want to yell and scream about the left to be an anal about every single thing, well, then the right has to realize, listen, when we screw up, we screw up. You screwed up. Don't try and tell us that's not a value that you reflects you and this and that. And, you know, this is not me. And I consider myself a Christian man or a man of faith, I think he said. And, uh, you know, that's not reflective of me. Yes, it is, Tom. It is. I hate to say it to you, but it is. So start there.
Start telling the world that, you know what, a little old-fashioned. And listen, if you're not, uh, you know, uh, with that side of things, that's okay. No one's telling you to change your views on homosexuality. Uh, We're telling you to change your views on what words to use. And I am the last person to ever, like, be on this side because, you know, because generally it's about the N-word and the social stuff. And my automatic number one response is, well, then get the fudge on all these rap songs that use the N-word, the B-word, this word, that word. Start there. Clean that up, and then, you know, we can clean up the other stuff. So I'm the last person to really be taking this side of things. I really am. But, you know, one of the F capitals of the world, uh, if I have hurt anyone out there, I can't tell you how much I say from the bottom of my heart, I'm sorry, very, very sorry. I don't doubt that. I pride myself and think of myself as a man of faith. I can't begin to feel, uh, tell you how deeply sorry I am. This is not who I am. It never has been. And I'd like to think maybe I could have some people that could back me up on that. I, you know, please don't ask for, you know, witnesses in the middle of an apology, Tom, also. You know, that, that's a little weird. Um, you know, it is, again, who you are. Uh, it is, uh, I don't know how long it's been, but, you know, you can't sit there and say that, um, you know, you use those words, but this is not you if you're that comfortable. And again, to ask for... You know, in essence, witnesses to stand up and say, please, you know, leave Tom alone. He is a good guy. That's weird. You know, and this comes on top of a story. I, You know, I hate these stories because it's just it's a no win situation, um, which is maybe why I didn't get into the Charlotte broadcaster yesterday who got suspended for five games because he, you know, he hit the I instead of the U. You know, instead of saying Denver Nuggets. Uh, John Fock, who no doubt growing up, Fock, F-O-C-K-E, you know, took a lot of heat. You know, we don't have to you know, explain that too much. Uh, so he should maybe be a little bit more sensitive. But he sent out a tweet watching the Utah-Denver game Monday, the first game. And he said, well, great shot making. This Jazz-Nuggets game is awesome. Murray Mitchell going back and forth. But instead of saying Nuggets, he said he used an I instead of the U. Simple mistake. Didn't mean it, obviously. He gets suspended by Charlotte. The broadcast team. Now they're not in a postseason, but are you kidding me? Really? <laughs> You're going to suspend the guy because he accidentally puts an I instead of a U? You know that, that's where it's like. Where's Michael Jordan, who owns the Hornets, and says, "Listen, leave the poor guy alone." Right? First year on the job, we stink. Uh, we don't need this attention. He, he put an I instead of an E, and I'm guessing, are you? And, and I'm guessing it was Egots. I wouldn't even use the N. You know, I don't think it was a, an R at the end. So it's just, but that guy got suspended for a simple little goofy mistake, all right? So don't sit there, Tom Brenneman, literally two days later, and uh, you can use the F-bomb, three-letter F-bomb, and say that's not you, and and that was, you know, not indicative of who you are because, yeah, yeah, it really is. So, and I get, uh, you know, religiously it's a sin. I'm I'm Catholic and all that. I I get that as well, but uh, that's a separate issue. It's using the word. You can think it's a sin. You can think they're going to, he- you know, heaven or hell or whatever the case may be, but you still don't use the three-letter bomb, especially on TV. So, all right, eight four four eight four three six eight seven nine. Let's squeeze in uh, Johnny Manhattan. I know he's been holding. Uh, one minute. You know what, uh, John? Uh, hold on a lot because I don't want to shortchange you. So I appreciate you and and, uh, and Richard uh, there as well. You guys hold on, and we'll get you uh, after the top of the hour. So. Uh, it's just weird that it's, it's it's unfortunate that he said it and everything else. I don't know what's going to happen to him. Uh, both stations, Kansas City uh, and, and the Fox, uh, uh, Richard, okay, and, and uh, you know made some statements saying that uh, this is not indicative of us and, and Fox Sports and blah, 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 blah. We pride ourselves on a community. So 
But, you know, he was taken off the broadcast. He didn't finish it. Those words you heard were basically the last that he had. So I don't know if he's going to be back there tomorrow night or tonight or, or not. I, I kind of doubt it. I, I kind of doubt it. All right, 844-843-6879. Quick break. We'll close out hour number one. Boy, we are flying today. Still a whole ton of lot to get to, uh, including some winners and losers and everything else. The boys in Vegas right here. Bagels and Bad Beat. Scott Lutcher sitting in uh, 53 past the hour on Thursday morning. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Bagel. Now, back to Bagels and Bad Beats with Scott Wetzel. on this uh, Thursday morning. You know what? we got the good two minutes. Let's squeeze in John of Manhattan. John, I appreciate you guys holding on there, you and a couple of others. So, uh, John of Manhattan starts us off. Is he still there? I'm still here, Scott. Good morning. Hey, good. Good, uh, good morning, John. How are you, bud? Good. You know, you said the uh, Padres were laying in the weeds, but they were actually lying in the weeds. Lying in the weeds, yeah. <laughs> some concern if you say something uh, incorrect, you know, you say hopefully no nobody's listening. So, but in this case, Scott, you don't have to worry. You know, it's too early yeah, in the yeah, morning. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Second hour, I got trouble. I got to watch my diction in English. Second hour, first hour, we're good. That's why I generally do the family rants in the first hour. You know. <laughs> you know, I didn't think I was going to stay up all night until I started listening to Huck's story on the podcast about his truck breaking down. Next thing I knew, <laughs> the sun was coming up, Scott. <laughs> He, he does go a little long. He takes his time. God bless him. He's a, he's a slow, methodical speaker, yes. <laughs> Scott, you mentioned the uh, handshake line in hockey, and uh, it, it's reminding me of a T-shirt that I saw, which was hilarious, where you know how, like, you know, in any kind of sport, even just a pickup game at the end, you you high-five the other team and you say, good game, good game, good game, et cetera, you know? So the T-shirt right. says that. It says, good game, good game, good game, and then it says, A, Blank, blank, blank. Good game, good game, good game. Because there's always that one person on the other side who you don't like at all. You know, good game, good game, good game. Good game, good game, good game. So that's uh, an hilarious T-shirt, if you ask me. Yeah, that's hey, always um, been. Your clothing. Did you see that? Yep. Go ahead. Sorry, Scott. Did you see that? Uh, Trevor Bauer um, is in trouble because he's trying to wear these cleats that have Joe Kelly's face on it, painted on the yeah. cleats. Free Joe Kelly. Yeah. Yeah, and he's making that funny face, sticking his tongue out at the uh, at the other team. Scott, yeah. um, before I go, I'm going to put you on the spot. Real Did quick. The sports grid higher-ups tell you that you're supposed to speak gambling more than you have been and focus on gambling more than you have. I'll let you go. Thanks. Uh, but no, definitely not. Definitely, definitely, definitely not. All right, hour number one in the books. Hour number two, talk with Bill Belichick coming up, believe it or not, now. Wow. 
SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com.